Good afternoon, my brothers and sisters. This is this is Reverend Smith coming to you once again, uh, July 6, 2020, uh, from my podcast, Gospel Talk. And I pray that all is well with you this afternoon, and I pray that everyone is feeling good about being alive and well. Uh, as we begin to go into this episode, let us first... Uh, let us first pray. Father, trusting in the merits and saving grace of your Son, our Savior and Redeemer, Jesus Christ, we come before you to ask grace and love and mercy during the hours of this day. Should temptations come upon us, we ask for strength to resist them successfully. Should evil attack us, May your grace strengthen us to fight a bold fight for the right. May we hold ourselves as valiant soldiers of the cross, thoroughly furnished to all good works. May our ears be open to the cry of the weak and suffering, and our hearts be ready to respond to every appeal from one of your suffering ones. And may we be enabled to minister to others in your name as thy servants. Let the close of this day find us in the path of duty and grant that in rendering love and service to others, we may realize a blessing as having rendered the service to thee. View with compassion our many weaknesses and faults and touch us with our consecrated power that we may be able to stand in the evil day and to render worthy and acceptable service as faithful servants of Jesus Christ in whose name we ask all things and all these blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as we, as we go into our episode today, we had briefly mentioned about uh, spiritual preparation for this journey. A lot of people think that they can just approach God any kind of way. But in order to make it on this journey. You have to be spiritually prepared. And there were four things I mentioned in one episode, and I'll go back over them briefly uh, today to let you know that we all must be spiritually prepared in order to make it along this journey following Jesus Christ. Uh, to, To get the most out of this journey, you must be spiritually prepared. The basic preparation is knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior so he can be our spiritual guide on this journey. If you have never received him or if you are not sure, there are four things you must understand. Number one, you must understand God loves you and wants you to have eternal life. For the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's John 3, 16. The Bible also says, but God commended him, him, commended him, should not, commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's found in Romans 5 and 8. Second, we have to realize that we are sinful, and our sin separates us from God. For the Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
Romans 3.23. And we know that sin separates us from God. For the Bible also says, But your iniquities have separated you between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you. Isaiah 59 and 2. And the third thing is, only in Jesus Christ can forgiveness of sin and salvation be ours. Jesus said, On one occasion, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. John 14, 6. God loves us so much, he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross to provide the way of salvation. Right now, you may be thinking, I already believe these things. Well, the Bible teaches it is not a matter of just believing, for the devils also believe and tremble. James 19, 2 and 19. Simply believing, my brothers and sisters, that Adolf Hitler lived and died doesn't make you a Nazi, and believing Jesus, believing Jesus Christ lived and died doesn't make you a Christian. You must act upon what you believe. And number four, uh, it lets us know that we must receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. It is not enough to agree that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he died on the cross for our sins. You must receive him as your personal Savior. The Bible says, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. John 1 and 12. You receive him through prayer by simply inviting him into your heart and life as Savior and Lord. Jesus said on one occasion, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. Revelations 3.20 Right now, Jesus is waiting at the door of your heart for you to invite him in. If there is the slightest tugging at your heart, that is the Holy Spirit drawing you to Christ. For the Bible says, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Hebrews 3.15 Every time you sense God drawing you to himself and you resist, you harden your heart a little more. Because of this, the day may come when you cannot even sense God speaking to you because your heart is so hard. You cannot get right with God too soon because you do not know how soon may be too late. So today, if you hear God's voice, do not harden your hearts. If you will pray the following prayer right now as your own, or pray in your own words, asking forgiveness of your sins and inviting Jesus Christ into your heart, you can receive him as Lord and Savior. The words you say are not as important as the attitude of your heart is. But here is an example of what you can pray, but you can pray in your own words, my brothers and sisters. And here's the example. I know I have sinned. Tell God. And right now, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I open the door of my heart and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Take control of my life and help me become the person you want me to be. Thank you for dying on the cross so I could be forgiven. Amen. Now, share your decision with, with others that they too may come to realize that they are, sin, that they are sinful and in need of a Savior. And as we continue on in this
uh, episode. Uh, we want to get into, first of all, the journey into living God's way. And what it, what it says is, there's a question said, what God calls us to be. And you can read and study this in the book of Romans, which we'll be to, uh, talking from for some time. The book of Romans is rich in practical truths that tell us how to live God's way. For Paul wrote this letter around A.D. 57 during his third missionary journey. It is the first doctrinal, doctrinal, forgive me, book in the New Testament and follows five historical books. The four Gospels that record the life of Christ and Acts that tell us about the early church. Of all the books in the New Testament, Roman gives us the most complete presentation of the gospel preached by the Apostle Paul. And Romans also enables us to see our world through God's eyes and learn how to live God's way. As our culture continually changes, we need the unchanging, timeless truth of this epistle from the Apostle Paul. It is God's everlasting word that tells us what is eternally right or what is eternally wrong. It also tells us what is eternally true or what is eternally false. And this is because of the fact that is found in 1 Peter 1.25. And, and the scripture says in 1 Peter 1.25, But the word of the Lord endures forever. Oh, my brothers and sisters, the book of Romans has probably touched and changed more lives than any other single book in the Bible. It was the book of Romans that transformed the life of Augustine, the brilliant theologian of the 5th century as well as the lives of John Wesley and John Bunyan. And until Jesus returns, God will continue to use the book of Romans to change people and lead them to live his way. The key verse is the last verse of Romans 1.17. It says, For in me the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, and, it is, and as it is written, the just shall live, by faith. It was from this phrase Martin Luther recovered the doctrine of salvation by faith and was moved to lead the Protestant Reformation. This phrase sums up the book of Romans and how God wants us to live, and he wants us to live by faith. To begin our journey to living God's way, let's look at Romans 1, 1 through 7, where we find three, three, three things God calls us to be. The first, first thing God calls us to be is servants. Paul here, a servant of Jesus Christ. Before his conversion, Paul was called by his Jewish name, Saul. After his conversion, he used the Roman name Paul because his Roman citizenship gave him rights and privileges that non-Romans could not enjoy. Paul calls himself a servant of Christ Jesus. And the word translated servant, uh, doulos, means slave. It is the idea of being totally at the service of another person. Actually, everyone is a slave to something or someone. Some are slaves to money, some to a career, some to a business, some even to a relationship, some to drugs, some to even sex. And, and therefore, and then thereon. 
However, God wants us to be slaves to Christ. And the question arose, why? Well, it's because uh, in John 8, 32, uh, it's, what does Jesus say happens when you accept him as Lord and Savior? And my brothers and sisters, I'm so glad you asked. And what was said was, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Not set you free, it shall, shall make you free. From what does Jesus set us free from? Jesus says himself, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. John 8, 34. If you're not a slave to Jesus, you are a slave to sin. And the sin is whatever keeps you from living God's way. Paul also writes, he was called to be an apostle. Uh, and that word apostle means one sent forth with a message. God called Paul to make a difference in this world. And God calls you and me to make a difference also. The Bible tells us we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what purpose? Ephesians 2 and 10. For God works, which for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You may not be called to be a pastor or missionary based on your personality, uh, gifts, talents, and unique experiences. You are called to do something for God in this world. Paul goes on here and also writes, he, he was set apart. And that word uh, translated set apart or separated, uh, the Greek is aphroidzo, means to mark off with a boundary. It especially means separation from the sins of the world. To live God's way, there are certain things we cannot do. Living God's way means there are more boundaries which we cannot cross. Paul is set apart for the gospel as we should be as believers and followers of Jesus Christ. The word gospel means good news. The good news is God will forgive our sins, free us from guilt, give us a divine purpose for our lives, and a home in heaven. Is that not good news or what? God calls us and wants to set us apart to serve him for the sake of the gospel. So the first thing in being, being called by God is that we are to be servants. Amen? And the second thing God calls us to be, he calls us to be solicitors. Paul elaborates on the gospel of God by writing, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. God promised this good news through his Old Testament prophets. The gospel is not an accident or afterthought. The gospel is not something Paul made up. The gospel is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Prophecies such as what prophecies found in Ezekiel 36 and 26 uh, and what is found in Ezekiel 36 and 26, it, it reads, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Amen. Paul tells, Paul tells us Jesus fulfilled prophecies about the Messiah before, through, though he was God's son. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was also human and a descendant of David. Not only did Jesus fulfill prophecies about his ancestry, 
he also proved himself to be the divine son of God by his resurrection from the dead. So Jesus was totally human and totally divine at the same time. Why is that important for us to know? Well, again, I'm glad you asked. Because now Jesus is our high priest who intercedes for us with the Father. Since Jesus is not only divine but also human, what does it say in Hebrews 4 and 15? It says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, and here it is, yet without sin. Jesus knows firsthand what it is what it is like to live on this planet as a human being. He understands our problems. He understands our pain. He understands our temptations. And he knows our struggles. Paul writes, Through him and for his namesake, we receive grace and apostleship. Romans 1, 5. Grace refers to our salvation and apostleship refers to our spiritual vocation or purpose. In a sense, we are all apostles or holy solicitors who are to call people from among the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. In the Jewish mind, there are only two types of people, Jews and non-Jews, whom the Jews call Gentiles. Paul is saying God called people of all races, this is reminiscent of what truth found in 2 Peter 3, 9. It is, it is reminiscent of the fact that the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, and in, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Yes, living God's way means we do everything we can to solicit people to the obedience that comes from faith because Paul writes, and you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. This means God calls us to be solicitors who lead people to faith in Christ. We are called to be servants. We are called to be solicitors. And the third thing, my brothers and sisters, as we get ready to close, uh, God calls us to be saints. Amen. Paul writes here, to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. Romans 1, 7. The original destination of the letter was to, was to Rome, the capital of the Roman Empire and the largest city in the world, with a population of about one million people. Rome was much like America is today. Sexually, immorality was rampant. Therefore, orgies, homosexuality, and adultery were common such as we have in this country today. The Romans also trusted in their military might to protect them against all enemies. The symbol of the Roman Empire was an eagle. On the right-hand side of the back of a dollar bill is the symbol of America, the eagle. Now, Benjamin Franklin wanted our national symbol to be a turkey because eagles were eagles are vultures. And he brought that, he thought that that would send the wrong message though. Rome is the ancient parallel of America, and we are headed down the same road of destruction today. Therefore, we must heed what warning we find here in Proverbs 14 
34. And it says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Uh, this, this epistle Paul was writing was written to Roman believers who were called to be saints. The word translated saints, hagios, hagios means sanctified or set apart for God's purpose. Every Christian is a saint who is set apart from the world to live God's way. So you can call me Saint Johnny, and that would be biblically correct. Paul also writes, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace are the cause and effect of salvation. We are saved by grace through faith, and our salvation brings peace to our lives. Now, the question arose, how does Jesus describe this peace in John 14, 27? He, he describes it as, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, the peace of Christ is an inner tranquility uh, the storms of life cannot take away. Grace is the cause, and peace is the effect of salvation found in Jesus Christ. For us as believers, peace is not escape from problems of pain, but an inner calm that permeates our lives, regardless of our struggles and our stress. That's God's desire for us, all of us. So he inspired Paul to write the book of Romans that we might experience his grace and peace. Now, how does John 20, 19 record Jesus' first words to his disciples after his resurrection? Uh, it is recorded that Jesus said, uh, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, these four words, peace be with you. Jesus came forth, died on the cross, and was resurrected not only that we might be saved by grace, but that we might also have his peace. Now, in these verses, we find God, God calls us three things, to be three things. First, he calls us to be servants. Second, he calls us to be solicitors of the gospel. And third, he calls us to be saints of God. Now, if you ask yourself a question, it should be, which of these areas needs of these areas needs the most improvement in my life, and what will I do about it beginning today? And my brothers and sisters, that uh, concludes this episode. And I pray that all my listeners, all my followers, I pray that you would send me a voice message or either just leave a post. Uh, you can do so, uh, and I would certainly appreciate it that others may know, others may, others may understand and come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ in that they are sinful and in need of a Savior. And as we close, we close with prayer. My God and my Lord and my Savior, we thank you for this day, for this is a day that you made. You said that we will rejoice and be glad in it. No matter, Father, what our problems are, what our struggles are, no matter how much pain we may be in, we know that you are able to remove it in the name of Jesus. Father, all you have to do is speak your word to our hearts, and we know that things will be better. Father, as we live in this pandemic uh, crisis, we know that thou art still with us. 
For you said in your word that you would neither leave us nor forsake us. So, Father, we trust in you to see us through our struggles, to see us through our storms, to see us through this pandemic crisis. And, Father, we pray for the leadership in this country as well as the other countries, that they, that they would make decisions based solely on your word and that they would do all to help all people, no matter what the color of their skin is, no matter what their ethnic background is, no matter what their culture is, no matter who they are and where they're from, that we should be one people and one nation under God. And that's what uh, Jesus Christ would have us to do and to think and to be like today. And Father, if there be any that uh, do not know how to come to Christ and ask forgiveness of their sins, it is written in the Holy Word of God in the books of Ephesians and in the book of Romans. So, Father, we thank thee. We thank you for what you have allowed. Now, Father, we pray that you would bless every household. We pray that you would bless every city, every country, every state. Father, in the name of Jesus, for you know what we all are standing in the need of. Now, Father, remember these little babies, these little children. Father, some of them are becoming sick with this virus. And I pray, O oh God, that you would just speak your word and their little bodies would be made well again. And then the elderly, Father, we pray for them. We pray, O oh God, that you would keep them in your care. And then, O oh God, we pray that one day that we all will come to know you in the pardon of our sin, that we may enter into your kingdom and be with you throughout eternity. And Father, we pray, we pray before we close this prayer. Father, we pray for our school systems. Oh God, for you know what is needed. Don't allow them to send the children back before it's time. Because, Father, we need them. We love them and we care about them. But, Father, most of all, we love thee. And we love your only begotten son, Jesus the Christ. For he did die. And, yes, he did die. He died on a cross for my sins and the sin of the world. For, Father, it is in Jesus' name that I do pray. Thanking God for all things, both small, great and small. In Jesus' name, thank God and amen.